Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to break down some Vikings football. And guess what? We're not going to take a bunch of time in the beginning of the show to break down that horrible loss, <laughs> the just butt whooping of a loss to the Saints on Christmas. Merry Christmas. We needed a Christmas miracle like Aaron talked about last week, and we did not get it. We did give, however, up the most touchdowns by one person since 1923 or whatever. So we are going to just brush, really brush aside, but kind of kind of brush, kind of paint the picture of what the hell went wrong, but we all kind of know what went wrong um, in that debacle of a game. So like you said, we, we know you don't want to hear a bunch about that, so we're not going to talk a ton about that. However, so we'll start with a little recap. No big deal. Um, basically, we are going to get you know into it a little bit different uh, topics. Obviously, we'll talk about you know, will we win against the Lions? The Lions probably want to lose too, and they're a little bit better at it than us. Although we've been catching up steam lately, and we're coming off a doozy, so who knows about that? But we also are going to address the Fire Zimmer crowd, which has just been hot and heavy. Um, and then you know, we're not going to do. We'll do more of a season in review next week. Um, obviously, we are out of the playoffs, so. We'll do that next week. We'll also have a couple of questions next week heading into 2021. Now, in, you know, a few months, we will do a free agency look and we'll do, you know, some mock drafts and all that good stuff and, a, in a, you know, a draft show and all that. But so we'll we'll start to address some of the things heading into 2021 um, on the show, like bring back Kubiak. Do we want to bring back Kubiak? Do we need a new kicker? Can we build this Vikings defense back to somewhat respectable, even let's just say top 10? Will Kyle Rudolph be back on the squad next year? So we'll talk all about that stuff and more um, on the show. Uh, But before we get there, if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Eaters podcast, welcome. It's part of the Living and Loserville podcast. Um, obviously we talk fights, we talk a little gophers at the end of the show, which, uh, you know, obviously gopher football program is done for the year. So we won't talk about that. Um, and just a heads up, by the way, once it's over, we do transfer into living in Loserville, which is a podcast about Timberwolves and gophers basketball. So keep an eye on that, but to listen to this Viking show, you can do it, um, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. It streams live at archives there. Um, but, you know, you don't have to just go right to Blog Talk and Rope It Open and, and download the show there or listen to the browser. You can find this Viking show in a variety of ways under the Rope Dope Radio podcast and other places. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Player FM, uh, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, really across the board. We're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found anywhere. Um, pretty much, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's football, basketball, boxing, baseball, everything in between. And a couple of weeks ago on Spricker, we actually opened up a Living in Loserville podcast. Okay, So that is going to just cover everything. Make sure you give that a follow on Spricker, Living in Loserville. It basically covers everything, Vikings football, Timberwolves basketball, and go for basketball and football and that'll be year round especially when we get closer to the draft and free agency and that type of thing in those classic shows we're going to do more classic shows a few of them this summer like we did last time we're talking about you know the the 80s the 90s the 2000s the 2009 year the 98 year randy moss's rookie year we talked about kg and whatnot so we'll have some more this summer maybe uh maybe even like a chris carter show we got to do a Chris Carter show. But, yeah, just a heads up there, Spricker, living in Loserville. One real quick thing, though, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or maybe you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They do have the seven-day free trial, um, no annual contract, 
The plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere in multiple platforms. Cloud DVR is available. And right now, just for signing up, you get a seven-day free trial of HBO Max. If you sign up for the Max package, that'll already include HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime. That's AT&T TV now. That's live streaming cable. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Aaron and see how he's doing on this fine afternoon with some nice, fluffy, heavy snow in the air. This is real snow, Aaron. This is going to be heavy, unlike that other stuff that was just kind of weird and windy and and icy. Yeah, this is the stuff that sticks around for sure. And it came a little bit late this year, almost got a non-white Christmas, I guess. You could say a brown Christmas, but no, came just in time, a little blizzard. I think it was what, probably Christmas Eve that day or something like that. But onto the game, Chris, I'm, I'm down with the uh, maxim that you can sometimes learn more from a loss than you can from a win. And uh, there was a lot to be learned, I think. And I don't think it's anything that really stuck out to Vikings fans. Just maybe a, cold splash of water to the face of exactly what you're dealing with with the squad against uh, the New Orleans Saints. They kind of exposed everything that uh, was wrong with this team that we'd been talking about all year and a lot of other people have been talking about it. But we really focused on I think you really got to see uh, in plain detail just what's wrong with this team. And we'll get into it a little bit more uh, as to what those things are. But, you know, you got to – at times, you've got to think to yourself that uh, if we can see it, uh, why can't Spielman and Rick? And maybe it's something that we're not seeing, but uh, the defensive line, like you said, and, and like we've talked about, is has always been bad this season. And I just get a little upset when I'm on the Facebook pages and people just can't get through their heads. Who we were starting at defense, it'd be great to go down and name all the starters at the end of the season or those past game, but uh, they're just nobody that's played before. And uh, it's going to be very hard to uh, win against the New Orleans Saints, who are a pretty steady and uh, consistent franchise. Uh, it's It was alarming, but like I said, you can see uh, sometimes better in a loss what you can't see in a win. Yeah, and we kind of felt like this was going to happen against Tampa, and it didn't. Now, sure, you could say we lost by double digits, but it wasn't it wasn't that. We were in that game. We know what happened in that game. Um, Atlanta put a whooping on us. Green Bay put a nice beat down on us uh, earlier in the season, but our time was coming. <laughs> you know, there was a stretch of what eight out of eleven games that were less than eight points, um, win or lose, and, and most of them were like less than four or three points actually. So um, we've been very competitive in a lot of games, and probably a couple of games we had no business being competitive. That's that's fair enough. So, um, like you said, we, we kind of knew this was going to come. It just it felt like it all poured in on one day um, and hence the 52 points given up. Hence the uh, six touchdowns, the record since 1928 or whatever. But even in the first half, you know, you go tit for tack. It's touchdown, touchdown. Then they get a touchdown. It felt like every time we punted. They were going to score, and that's a problem because you're going to run into some punts, um, and, and that was a big problem. It was like, okay, well, we punted. You know they're going to score now. So we did manage to get back 17-14. to 14. They threw a pick. Hand, by the way, Hand played good in the, the secondary. Uh, defense d- didn't play that good at all, but Hand really sh- definitely stood out. But then we come right back with a three and out. They go down, score a touchdown. It's 24 to 14. And you're like, okay, it's just, it's probably going to happen now. They're, they're probably going to, you know, take down, take, you know, if we don't score on the first drive, they're probably going to take the ball down the field and score again. And we didn't score on the first drive. And then they, you know, they did actually throw, you know, a pick. I think it was uh, Hickerson or, or whatever. But then we score a touchdown. Then they score a touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown. T- I mean, it was all over the place. So, 52 to 33. Um, that's about all the in-depth recap we're going to go uh, into. Obviously, they both passed and ran at Will Kamara. 
22 carries. He doesn't even get a ton of carries in a game, averaging seven a clip, six touchdowns. And slowly but surely, Aaron, we couldn't run anymore. And when we couldn't run anymore, then you could see those last chunk of drives, the ones that we didn't score on, even sometimes the ones that we did. That's when they were able to actually get some pressure because it's not like other games where they got pressure the whole game or most of the game. Uh, you could tell once the run was out and we had to, okay, now we're down by double digits. We got to just start throwing the ball. And that's where it all all just fell you know, apart once we had to, to, to not have that balance. And then the, those ends and everybody on the defensive line, including blitzes, that's when they actually started to find a home. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a plain answer to all those people or why are we running this archaic offense and running the ball all the time? Well, it's pretty clear now that we have to. And if we don't and if we can't, we're in a great deal of trouble. Our defense is not good. Uh, we're not great in pass protection. Everybody knows that. We go through guards like chewing gum. So it's it's not something that we've known all year, but we can't seem to convince anybody else that, that, that you can't run an offense that you don't got the parts to run. And and if we had a greater offensive line, I'm sure we'd be all over the field throwing the ball in three wide receiver sets and so on and so forth. But we can't do that. we got to run the ball, eat the clock, and play a semblance of defense. That's how we won the six games that we won this year. And, and you're not going to do it uh, against the Saints. They're gonna, you're going to have to match them score for score, and we couldn't do that. Uh, we did score 33 points. That's good offensively, but defensively we were going to be – in some trouble all day. And we knew that. And that's what happened. And now six touchdowns to running back is, is very eye opening because now we know we can't stop the run. And uh, I think most people all season knew we couldn't, but Zimmer was holding it together in defensive game plans and so on. But like, we've got problems on the defensive line. We're thin at linebacker, our safeties, you know, I think uh, Harrison Smith's been playing decent all year, but Anthony Harris hasn't played as well as particularly tackling, but at some point, you can't really blame a safety for having to make 15, 16 tackles a game. It's it's not what Good they call. do normally. So it's just been a thing, like you said, that's just we knew the day was coming. That was really well said, Chris. And I'm glad it came because I think it really, you know, showed the light on exactly what's going on. And you can't really blame injuries. But the only thing I can really blame that's annoying me is just a lot of dead weight. We've learned there's a lot of dead weight on this roster. And uh, the depth is not as good as we thought the depth was, particularly defensive line and linebacker. And uh, uh, I, I think that's the only real criticism I have uh, is just what are we keeping guys on the squad that they can't play? Uh, if I see Jaleel Johnson or Shamar Stefan on the squad next year, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah, and obviously some of the guys – I mean, linebacker, we've gone through six linebackers. We're now on our seventh, eighth, and ninth at linebacker in the game. So six linebackers, you can't – nobody has that depth, right? We have pretty good depth at that. Uh, but once you go through all that, there's not much there. But like you said on the line, I'd like to see what line can play even mediocre football if they lose one of the best, if not the best, defensive ends and then a solid dude in the middle. A lot of them are complementary parts that – actually do a lot better when you have a guy that can fill up space and then they can only go one-on-one. So some of it is that some of it is, uh, you know, depth in general. We know the guard rotation during the bye. We listed off those, uh, what was it? 13 different (laughs) starters or something like that. We've gone with since uh, 2018. Um, that was really funny list. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's address the damn, Let's, you know, fire Zimmer. First of all, those losing the the four top cornerbacks, um, which Alexander or somebody actually, it was a curse that just got cut. People, some people are thinking we may pick him up, but we did kind of feel like Alexander would be back, especially on the nickel, that tall, long, lanky nickel. You talked about that a variety of times, how it took him a while now that he, you know, he figured it out. Well, then it sucks that then he leaves after taking a while to figure it out. And now we got a guy. So I think that has a lot to do more with Spielman than it does um, just Zimmer. I mean, 
He even talked about Xavier, who, by the way, he had a pretty good year for the Colts. But we knew we weren't going to afford the youngster because he was going to be the top guy in the free agent market. We knew he was gone. So that money, they overpaid him. That was going to happen. But I did kind of feel like we were going to keep Alexander, whatever. But between the COVID outs, the neck, the uh, – in what is it, three weeks now that Kendricks hasn't played? Kendricks mm-hmm. was having a great year. Wilson is not as good as tackler – as bar, um, the stats show it out, and you can just see it. Tackling has been a big thing. Now, of course, if you have more people on your line, you have a more, you know, you have more free lane to maybe make a tackle rather than having to fight someone off or whatever and try to make the tackle. I know there's that too, but let's address the people that say fire Zimmer. It's all his fault. He's a bum ass coach. Yada yada yada. Uh, it's about as knee jerk as knee jerk can get. I mean. Zimmer's been a pretty good coach. He's dealt with a lot of things. Uh, you can't. It's not his fault Blair Walsh can't make a 26-yard kick. It's not his fault that a lot of things. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is, like you said, Spielman too. But, you know, it's a lot of this is Cousins' contract, and we don't get into that. But we knew taking on that kind of contract is going to make it a little hard to keep depth on the squad. So you can't have both. you got to pick one or the other, and we chose one, and now we're dealing with it. And uh, But Zimmer, he's a good coach, look. He did what he could with his team. I think that he's probably a little bit more hands-on with the defense than he is with the offense, and particularly this year he is because he's got rookies and free agents and everything else. And got, like you said, guys, six players deep on the depth chart. Of course, you're going to spend a little bit more time. People, you know, are complaining about his clock management a bit. I don't mind it as much. Could he be a little bit more technical? Sure. Uh, but most of my issues with clock management has to do with offensive play calling and what we do at the end of halves and the end of the game. Uh, so that's an offensive thing. Um, I just don't understand. I think people are looking for something to put their frustration on, and they think it's always the coach. But And if I, if I really thought it was the coach, I'd say it. But And I have thought it was the coach before with Leslie Frazier. I, I thought it was the coach. But with Zimmer, it's not. Uh, now, we're a little bit old school, I think, compared to the new uh, NFL fans who just want points, points, points. But I think we come from the school that defense wins championships. I still believe that. I think Zimmer's – his players haven't quit all year, maybe at the end of the Saints game a little bit. But, I mean, they got pounded all day, so I can't really blame them for that. But uh, I just don't really know what feet the Fire Zimmer people, besides emotion, people have to say that. Uh, he's done really well. Uh, like I said, it would be nice to have more depth on the team. I think there's going to be a lot of players gone, uh, some really new faces coming in next year. If not, I'll be very surprised. Uh, we've got a lot of draft picks, and I just think, you know, I, I guess I can't really come up with an argument, Chris. If you can, I'd be interested to hear what a real, uh, steady and a true argument to fire Zimmer. It's just I can't find one that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I get the every other year playoffs thing. I do understand some of that. Um, a couple of things, just of what you talked about too, with the clock management. I agree with the play call. But either way, it's Zimmer, it's Kubiak, and Cousins. All those three share an equal blame, I'd say, or, or pretty club. I'd say maybe Kubiak because he's playing the call. Or like you said, I agree with the, the play call. But we couldn't put that under Zimmer anyway because no. it has to be all three. The guy that's getting the ball, the guy that's talking to the guy in the ear, and then Zimmer going, what the fuck's going on? This is what we got to do next week. We're going to work on this on practice, you know? So you can't just pinpoint that to Zimmer, like you mentioned, that that's all three of their faults. And by the way, we've been actually pretty good at it uh, as far as scoring at the end of halves. So they may not be exactly how you want it. But then again, you know, some people play like, you know, I say this for boxing on my boxing show all the time. A bunch of boxing Twitter people are professional matchmakers, although mm. – they don't have to, you know, they don't rely on that as an income, but they think that they're a professional matchmaker, much in the way that they think they're an offensive coordinator. And you say, well, why don't we just do this? Like, it's just easy. It's like, well, I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, but also the defense and run. Um, look at the final four teams the last chunk of years when this pass happy stuff is really taken off. Yeah. I mean, that's what you end up with a lot of the times. I mean, sure. The Chiefs don't run the ball, but they throw the fucking ball 50 times and they got a quarterback that can run, you know, so it literally gets you there a whole lot of times. 
Um, and as far as Zimmer, if we replace him, it better be with someone better. It, it just like so. Where is that? Where is that coach? Who is that coach? Now, are we just going to go offensive mind and, and and hand over our whole team to offense? Was it really offense this year? I mean, we'll talk into the Kubiak. Should we? Should he go? But I mean. It was more defense, but we had specific reasons for defense. Now, as far as depth goes, not to get, you know, we'll talk about Cousins and some other stuff. Should we draft a quarterback? Should we trade him? Should we keep him? Whatever. We'll talk about that next week. But as far as depth, when you bring in folks from the draft, that's those are all cut and dry contracts. You know, it's all levels of where you get it. So that really doesn't have to do with your top of line payment, guys. You know what I mean? It really doesn't. And obviously cap number really is what matters. And he's the 15th, well, 14th or 15th number paid quarterback right now this year. So in next year, it's like eighth. So, you know, I don't, I disagree that there'll be a, 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 a mass, you know, deportation <laughs> to put it that way. Like, I don't think there'll be a, a mass movement out just because look at the stuff that we already did last year. You know, we talked about the corners. We talked about Lindell. We talked about Griff. I mean, that's six six players that played a lot. So I don't think we're going to have another layer of people getting the hell out. But I do think when you're talking about defense or offense, but we're really talking about defense, that you are you do have complimented players, you know. And those players play a lot better when the starter's right next to you. So I think we got to keep that in mind. But as far as the knee jerk, show me who the better coach is that we can bring in. Whether it's a trade, whether it's whatever it is, I'm all for improving my squad. But, I mean, where where is this person? And and, and they better better be better. I keep I keep saying it like that, but seriously, because hmm. then where where you're at? Then what are you doing? Then now you got to go well, find I another mean, coach. Exactly, and the the candidates that I've been hearing from people just throwing things out there just don't do anything for me. Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy is to Andy Reid what George Edwards was to Mike Zimmer. Uh, he's just a guy there. You know Andy Reid's calling the plays. You know Andy Reid's doing all the offensive work. It's so just like Zimmer was doing it. It's, it's analogous to the same thing. So I don't want to hear this Eric Bieniemy stuff. It's it's not the same deal just because. He's there on the sideline charting things doesn't exactly mean that he's the mastermind behind the Chiefs offense. And you can't fucking say that. And it's like what, I haven't heard anybody else that makes any kind of sense that's any better than Zimmer. You're just going to have to deal with Zimmer. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, so I think people just need to, you know, be patient and hold on. There's a, a catastrophe of a season this year, Chris. We went into the season thinking 6-10 and 10 for a multitude of other reasons, and some of the reasons were the same. But it's looking like we're probably going to – get six and 10, like we thought, just in a different form. And so I'm not disappointed at all. I have some few disappointments. Uh, I thought some guys were better than they were. And then some surprises. I thought some guys were worse and they're actually pretty good. So there's going to be some changes. There's a few players, Chris, that I wouldn't mind see, see being gone. And a lot of it's guys that would count in as depth. I don't think we're going to lose a lot of starters or guys that are quality guys that would be on a good football team. But I mean, I think a lot of it's guys that shouldn't have been playing in the first place. And here they are starting in the National Football League in week 16 of an NFL season with a, a chance to go to the playoffs on the line. They're just not the guys to do that. And if you're deluded enough to think that that's Mike Zimmer's fault, I just can't draw that line. I just can't see how that's the thing. He's We've been a top 10 defense since he's gotten here. We had a bad year. Get over it. Uh, it's not going to be that way next year, hopefully, if everything goes right in injuries. We got nailed by injuries, man. It's just not the, it's just not what it is. And the biggest complaints people have is that it's an old offense and they're putting that on Zimmer. Well, like I said, is it good that Zimmer is a little hands off with the offense? Probably not. Maybe he should be a little bit more hands on, but he also hired guys that he could trust to, to run the offense. And that leads right into Kubiak. Yeah. And do you think just, just real quick before we get to Kubiak, do you think that, what, what do you think is going to happen in this game? I feel like there's going to be some guys missing Rudolph. They already put him on the IR. He probably won't even maybe be back. Who knows? We'll talk about that later. But um, what's – I mean, I don't know. Like, who can outdo who? Like, should they just say F it and just not start people who we feel like 
We don't want him hurt right before the end of the season just for the hell of it, like top of the line guys. Well, how do you think we're going to – do you think we'll win the game against the Lions? Do you think that, you know, we'll actually maybe go with the – I mean, we're already second string anyway, right, with the with the defense. But um, how do you think that's going to play out? Because you look at both sides and, you know, if Stafford's okay, they say he's going to play, but that could just be bullshit. So I don't know. You see some guys that are questionable, a bunch of questionable guys – and you wonder if they're going to actually play. How do, how do you see five and ten and six and nine going head to head week seventeen? I think it's going to be an incredibly hard game to lose. I mean, I think yeah. that it's going to be a battle for the bottom here. And I think you're right. Okay, I think it'll go one way. I want it to go do everything you can to lose the game. I want it to. I want Cook to sit. I want Jefferson to sit. I want Cousins to play. I want. Uh, anybody that's got any value to you next year has done their job this year and deserves to sit this last game. That's Dantzler, that's Gladney, that's uh, anybody you like on the defensive line uh, that you think has potential. Maybe Wanham sits. He's got a little ankle. Anybody who's mildly injured sits. Mannion, I don't mind if Mannion plays. Uh, I'd like Kirk to play, but, you know, that just kind of – my own preference, and then it can well, go the well, other why way. Why is where, that? Why is that that you well, play, but other starters? You have to have some semblance of competitiveness, you know. Sure. And uh, that's really the only reason. But it could go the Zimmer way, which I think it will. Is he'll play everybody. He's a tough old codger. That's what I like about him. And uh, he'll probably, if you're, if you can suit up and play, he'll probably, he's probably going to play people, and and you probably end up winning this game because Detroit has given up uh, from la- look of last week's game. They don't seem to care at all. Um, so it's like I said, it's gonna be incredibly hard to to lose this game, and uh, I've got us losing it because I just believe that the Vikings can lose if they try. So I got it like 19-17, something low scoring because there's gonna be a lot of scrubs in. I don't think Stafford's gonna play more than a quarter. What's the point? Um, yeah. So I think that you know, even Cousins, if he plays, I could see a quarter, and then it's Mannion, or maybe you throw in the two young kids to see what you got. But um, that's the way I'd like to see it to go. I'm a little worried that Zimmer will be stubborn and. And do the Zimmer thing and, and and put them out there, which I wouldn't be totally upset about. I understand his logic in it, but you know what's the point at this point when you can go from having a you know pick 15 to pick 12 to 13? At this point, then what you need in this draft, pick 12 or 13 sounds real good. And if you can find a way to to not win this one, I think that's the best. I don't. What do you think, Chris? Is that is that a weak way of going out on the season? No, I think I think you called it pretty well. I like how you put that too. The it's a tough one to lose. Like it is, it is. You're right. It's going to be tough because both they give up 32 points a game. We give up 29. They give up 32. So, but if we do start our offense straight up, there's no way we're not going to be in the 20s on this team. So, once you get in the 20s, well, look at our defense. Well, we may not start some people, but who who do we not start? Harrison. You know, like that's about it. So I don't know. It's it is a weird one. I feel like it's going to be high scoring, unless it is no Cousins, no Stafford, no nothing, no Jefferson, no Thielen. That would be a whole different ball game at that point. And I don't know. I, the whole off season. Let's say people that want to trade Cousins, well, we don't want to get them hurt. Why have them tear his ACL if you're going to trade them? Um, and then just the key players. Why have them? have a detriment to their off season. It makes, you know, no sense in that way. So I'm kind of all over the place. If it was like a better team, maybe it'd be easier to say, let's just start our seconds and just take the loss. But I think that they're thinking the same thing. So even if we do that, it may be, I don't know. I'm kind of confused to be honest with you, but I feel like if we do start dealing Jefferson and, and, and uh, cousins that we'll put up points. Um, and so I don't know. I, I'm, I got to see the starting lineup, I guess, even though I asked the question uh, to see if we're going to win or not. But um, but let's go right to Kubiak. Should we bring back Kubiak? And here's the funny thing. So he has nothing to do with where our line is and barely anything to do with it because he was a divisor last year. Maybe he had something to do with the newbie we got. You know, hey, yeah, no, I like that guy. Yeah, you know, sure, the tackle or the guard right now. Um, out of Boise State, but I see a lot of people saying, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this, but I'm like, well, we ran the crap out of the ball, 
if Cousins play, we're probably going to get the 4,000 yards passing. If we score, what was it? If we score 24 points, Aaron, we'll be the third most scoring offense in Vikings history. 98, number one, 2009, number two. So we're, we're like battling with the 2000s, uh, 99 and 2000, I believe it was. No, no, maybe 2003, that, that good year that Culpepper almost won the damn MVP. Um, if it wasn't for McNair, rest in peace. But um, so I'm looking at Kubiak going, okay, I mean, wasn't there plenty of like third and eights or third and threes or fourth and ones where we went deep and we took this big risk? Like if it's only about we got to pass more, some people will say, well, they, they're scared to put the, you know, cousins to pass more. Well, he threw for, he has a year that he threw for almost 5,000 yards. So, and he's still going to get the 4,000 probably if he, play, well, he will if he plays. And then that'd be two out of three year 4,000. So just based off stats, when you're talking about this, the reason why we don't pass is because what you said, it's like, we can't, like, if you want to go deep, you have to have at least a five or seven step drop. If you do play action, that takes a little bit. So my thing is, I don't want to get rid of Kubiak, Aaron, because here we are. We had our best offense. We've been saying it's our best offense since Zimmer has been here. But now, factually, it literally lived up to probably the third best offense we've ever had, as as weird as it sounds, just stat-wise. I'm not trying to compare lines or nothing like that. But if we have a a mediocre to sometimes very poorish, especially interior guard line, and we could put up points like this, wonder if we have a just mediocre and like why get rid of Kubiak the first year we got him? I don't think he did actually that bad of a job. Uh, the stats say he didn't, and I'm with you, man. I don't think we should get rid of him either. One, because of continuity. We keep switching coordinators. It's not doing us any good. Second of all, what he did with this terrible offensive line is pretty impressive. Now imagine if you can improve that line finally. And I swear to God, my head's going to explode if they don't do anything decent and 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 uh, I wouldn't say explosive, but a major attention to this offensive line. If you can do that, I mean, we were watching Sunday, Chris, and I mean, Bradbury's in Cousins' lap, you know, on a three-step drop. It's just not going to happen. It's not It's not going to happen if you do that. And, and like you said, Kubiak has done a good job pasting this thing, to, this thing together. Now, you got a little more talent on offense than you do on defense, but it, it was a tough season on both sides of the ball. Um, you improve this offensive line. Now you can start to take seven-step drops. You can start to do different things that uh, that work. And he can really implement his offense instead of you know playing whack-a-mole and 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 pasting things over holes and trying to fix this and that all year long. Putting playing tackles at guard and trying to you know it's it's been a hodgepodge of everything this season. And I, I think if you can get the third most productive yards-wise Viking offense out of this offensive line. Just like you said, imagine what you can do with a decent draft. A couple guards that you know are good. Get a first rounder. I don't mind you spending a first round pick on a guard. I mean, you've never done it, so do it. Uh, you know, even if you go second round, get you some guards, get you some depth on the offensive line. I think that's a huge thing there. And then evaluate what you have. You know, I'm not a big fan of this coach, uh, the offensive line coach. I don't remember his name, but I'd like to see him gone. But I, I think you keep Kubiak for continuity's purposes. I think you can have an effective offense. I think that's somebody that Zimmer can have and keep around. That's an important thing. He, yes. he likes to fire guys that he don't like. And uh, and go forward with that. I guess the Viking fans, I just will say, all is not lost. It's a terrible year with a lot of, for a lot of different reasons. And I hate to say there's always next year because that's a Viking mantra. But there's a lot of good things happening. My biggest thing, like I said earlier, is I want to get rid of the dead weight on this roster, draft, and bring in guys. Try different dudes because there's a lot of dead weight on this roster. I mean, I'll quickly read off. I made a list, a quick list of guys that I just don't want to see back next year. And I know you'll probably have some problems with some of them. Some of them's money. Well, let's, let's save that list till next week. All right. Because that's but, a, that that lines up with some of the topics next week. Not to cut you off or anything, but no, that's but take just, us on a whole different line, realm. You know the I mean? offensive line and the defensive line, that's how you build a football team. And if you're not good there, we've said all year, we've said for three years on this show, if your fronts are not good, your team is not good. And we're not GMs. We're not head coaches. 
but that's a football rule since 1897 when they started football. If your fronts are not good, your team is not good. You're not going to get deep in the playoffs consistently. You're just, you're just not. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just, that's what happens, dude. We see it every freaking time we play a team like that. You see it. It's from a mile away. Um, couple more questions here. Will Kyle Rudolph, longtime Viking, be on the roster? Obviously, Irv Smith is looking like he's ready to break out, and he's probably a better blocker already because he went to Bama. Conklin was a, a blocker who's now showing something uh, in the past game. We could draft someone potentially. Um, it saves us $5 million just on what we have. I think we have 4.4 or 4.8 free right now. Including that, that would put us even, and then it would just be trimmings to be able to sign someone like a guard or whatever, like you mentioned. Is Rudolph, is it time to move on from Rudolph? But wonder if he said, well, how about I come back for $2 million? just to retire? Because he has said he wants to retire here. What are your thoughts on uh, good old Kyle Rudolph? Because it seems like we're making him more of a blocker than a pass catcher beyond the red zone. And he's not a good blocker. He's never been a good blocker. So, you know, he's on my list. I'll say that. Uh, Now, caveat (laughs) being, like you said, uh, if he takes an incredibly team-friendly deal just to stay with the squad, he's definitely a good player. He's one of the players on my list that it's not about his play. It's about money. And uh, so, like I said, he takes a team-friendly deal, and he's willing to give up, you know, uh, snaps. I'm down with it, but Irv needs to ascend to the starting tight end. If we draft another kid, uh, hopefully Kyle Pitts or someone like that, wink, wink, but uh, you need to, he needs to give up the snaps. Now he'll still be good in the red zone. I think you can do a lot with Kyle. If he sticks around, you can play him on the outside. You can do a lot of fun things with him if he's not the starter, but yeah, he can't be the starter and he's got to take less money. If he does that, I'm fine with him being around, but if he's not fine with that and he wants to go and, and catch a lot of balls and, and do what he does. And then he's got to go somewhere else. I'm not, you know, Kyle to me is a, he's already like, I think a, like a ring of fame guy. So if he wants, like I said, take a team friendly deal, I don't want to kick him out the door, but uh, if he's going to cost money, we can't afford it. Yeah, that's well said. That is well said. I'm right there with you. just like, uh, I mean, he, he never was a blocker. I'll give him a little credit. He's gotten a little better, but <laughs> that's not much to talk about. I mean, we've seen him just pass off lockers. Like, you got him, you got him. Say, like, hey, there's, there's no one behind you, though, Kyle. So, no, you can't pass that guy off. Uh, I know you want to go off for a route. Um, but, you know, we can't blame him, right, because that's what we brought him in here for, to, to catch a bunch of passes. And it seemed like his speed, not that he was ever a super fast tight end, but those the, the hernia, all that stuff kind of slowed him down. But. Great, great red zone threat. I like you saying about yep. the ring of ring of walk and dude's got hands. I mean that one hand grabs he's made just silly ones. So um, yeah, uh, friendly hometown deal. Yes, I'm with you. Now, do you right. want to see him catching uh, touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers and driving mm. the knife in our in our chest uh, <sighs> next year? Because that's a possibility, and he could be very useful over there across the river. So. <sighs> Can we put that in his contract <laughs> that he can't do that? No. Um. Yeah. That. That's why I would be in favor of a hometown deal. Uh, but otherwise, that 5.1, I think it is, would be nice. Okay. Let's move on. A couple more questions, and then we'll shut this puppy down after we talk a little go for basketball too. Um. Just at the end, instead of go for football. Uh. Do we need? <laughs> oh boy. Do we need a, a new kicker? We got a guy who came in here as the second, uh, you know, second best percentage-wise makes. Now he's down to seventh since he's been a Viking, <laughs> um, which is not good. He missed seven extra points uh, this year. He had that one where he missed four in a game. Um, last year we missed two in overtime. I think four on that game. Do well. We probably need a new kicker, but how do we want to? do it too not just do we need a new kicker but how do we want to do it do we keep bailey and give competition to him through the draft or a free agent or do we just say you're out of here bailey 
we're starting fresh. I'm a little weary because you see Carlson go have a good year with the Raiders and all that. So it's like maybe it was this year and he was just in a funk, but then we'll find ourselves in that same funk maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, you know? It is a tough one because it comes comes down to like need or want, you know, like do we need a new kicker? Not necessarily. I think Bailey's good enough, but you know, do you want to try to improve the kicker position or try to improve Bailey? And those are the questions that you kind of boiled that whole question down to. I mean, I guess it's a matter of preference at this point, maybe money, but I don't think Bailey's making all that much money. Uh, but let's say you can get a rookie kid in and, and you're confident in him, but I'm a little scared of what Zimmer might do to him. So you got to kind of think about that. And, you know, Bailey misses extra point from time to time at a horrible game in Tampa Bay. Uh, you don't see that too often and it's going to stick in people's memory. So it might be good to kind of wipe the slate clean and get a new kicker in here if they're available. But uh, would I be upset? I guess maybe I'll rephrase the question. Would I be terribly upset if Bailey was the kicker next year? Assuming that everything else kind of all, some other holes get filled, I don't think I would be terribly upset with it. Uh, I think some Viking fans would though, and and, and it, let's say you don't fill the holes that you need to fill, and then you're you know if, if you have to rely on Bailey more than you already do, I'm gonna yeah you know at some point you do like you said though got to get someone behind him to compete, maybe push him a little bit, and uh, now what happened to Carlson sort of seems. A bit knee-jerk, but you can't really blame Mike for that. I think all of us would have done the same thing. The rookie, you didn't know what you had. He seemed to be falling apart mentally at the time. In the uh, preseason, too. Like, this is yeah. not a high-pressure situation. No. So I, so I guess I'll just say that because, like you said, it's hard to really answer that, but I'll say if you don't need him more than you did this season and uh, there's no one readily available that you think is better, I'm not going to be opposed to – Dan Bailey being our kicker next season. Bring in some competition and see what we got. <laughs> I'm with you, though. It's It seems like it'd be easy to say, yeah, dude, what the fuck? This guy sucks. But, you know, wonder if it's like a pitcher. You know, you just next year, you fucking, you know, you stone strikes again. Um, <laughs> and plus, it doesn't matter, dude. We just ongoingly have a jinx now. Sure. It wasn't always like that, uh, but it is now. Um, can the Vikings have a top 10 defense next year with the returning crew? It feels like we're going to have, you know, forget free agency, you know, on uh, the defense, because we got free agents coming in that we have under contract on the defensive line and on the linebackers and all that. We'll get into does Barr need to take a pay cut and all that type of stuff. But do you think we can get it back together Get Kendricks, get Barr, have Wilson, who we know. Well, I don't know. It's going to be harder to keep Wilson now because yeah. he's a free agent. But to get a man in the middle and one of the best, we're going to have to redo his deal, Hunter, too. But, I mean, can we can can we get that puppy up to top 10 or even whatever, top 12? You know what I mean? Something that it's like, okay, they're going to hold their weight. Absolutely, for sure, without a doubt, top 15. For sure, without a doubt. Uh, top 10 is going to require a few things to get done. You're going to have to find a three technique, and you're going to find a little bit of depth on the interior of the offensive line, which you can do in the draft. There's guys there uh, that will be able to come in and play those spots, but you have to pay attention to it. I think this draft should be entirely fronts with you know a thing thrown in, maybe, yeah. grab, Mac, maybe grab Mac Jones, a quarterback flyer, you know, maybe get a receiver that you think can be a third wide receiver. But other than that, I want offensive line. I want defensive line, defensive ends, uh, maybe a tight end. I want fronts, fronts, fronts. Build the infrastructure. That's what's wrong with this team. We've got great skill position players. They're great. Now we got to deal with, like we've said, meat and potatoes. We need meat and potatoes. we got to get the defensive line competitive and the offensive line competitive. And you can't really go. We've got, I don't know, 14 picks. Move up, do what you got to do this year, and get heads in there that can do the job. I think it can be done, and they're going to be cheap because they're going to be rookies, so take advantage of it while you can. Uh, I think we will be a top-10 defense next year, and I'm confident in that because I think Zimmer's not going to go through another season like this. And if Zimmer has eight-tenths of what he wants, or let's make it a football team, if he has nine-tenths or nine-elevenths of his squad 
that he's happy with. That's a top 10 defense, maybe bordering top five. So I say 15 for sure, 10 most likely, and possibly top five. He's going to come back with a vengeance, and it's going to be a hell of a defense. Now, offensively, like you said earlier, if we can keep 25, 30 points a game, I got no doubt it's going to be a nice season next year because Zimmer's not going to give up 30 points. He's just not going to. And I think with having the two corners, uh, with a year of experience, it's going to help leaps and bounds and you get defensive line going. Hunter back or not, you can deal with that in the draft. You got Wanham who's showing a little bit, but you got to get pass rush. You got to be able to stop the run. If you can do that, top 10 for sure, and I think maybe even a little higher. We got to have Hunter back. I think that's a must. I'm not going to go into the offseason and be like, oh, we'll be good. Um, and I think we will. I think some of that's overdrawn because uh, some people are saying he's faking the neck injury. It's like, I highly doubt that, dude. Um, and we've already gone through this experience with Thielen because remember, Thielen only had one breakout year because remember, it took him like three years to break out. Then he had the breakout year. So his contract wasn't going to be as big because, you know, hey, we can't give you stats from the last three years. And then a couple of years later, I think three years later, then we're like, okay, you've outplayed your contract. That's cool. And Hunter is in the same situation. He's outplayed it. So whether it's this season or at the end of next year, I could see us extending him until we got into that. Um, but I, I agree with you. Another, The top 15, I like how you, you put it in 15, 10, and 5. I agree. 15, no doubt. 10, I'm pretty confident at. And yeah, maybe even five. Um, but I, another thing, we had so many weird fucking things happen on offense this year that we can't blame the defense. You know, we can't blame uh, some things for, you know, the short yardage running where we just give them the ball within scoring range, the scoop and scores, the grab up from cook and score, the fumble cook or uh, cousins scoop and score. That's not the defense. Those four and outs aren't the defense sitting in the red zone. So that's some points that won't be there as much either because even those back-to-back punt blocks, you know, it's like, what the hell's going on? We had punt blocks in two games? Well, that was like six to ten points right there. So we got to – we got this was such a messed up year. Even though the offense flourished, no doubt, there were, they still left a lot on the field, one. And two, we had enough freaking – four and turnover on downs and fumbles and scoops and all that. So we got to remember that's not the defense. Um, next week we will probably start with a nice debate on what Aaron was going to bring up about who needs to be gone or layers of that. Cause I like how you put that um, cousins. Do we keep them? Do we trade them? Do we, uh, you know, keep in draft? Do we trade them for another quarterback? There's a variety of things. Also, Riley, Reef Riley, do we keep him around, cut his number for next year and give him like another year or two? Or do we bring the young buck over to tackle, maybe right tackle, and move O'Neal? Didn't spend our money on the guards. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to go over to next week uh, just to kind of, you know, end the year. And and then, you know, a couple months will go by and free agency March will be here and then we'll be back doing shows. But we are just going to talk a little bit about just a reminder that after next week, we'll do a show next Tuesday or whatever, and then it comes out Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and then we go into living in Loserville. We hit the ground running. So if you're a Vikings fan, that's cool. You, you just stick to football, no problem. If you like to check out the Gophers, who they're a ranked team, they just had a nice run. They, they haven't had a back-to-back wins over ranked teams in a long-ass time. Um, they're looking good in the Timberwolves. Look good, but they have like Edwards, they have Rubio back, they have, they have a deep ass squad. So we are gonna hit the ground running into the Living and Loser for podcast. So I wanna make sure you guys know about that. For the ones that like basketball, we're not saying oh you gotta do it. Just just a heads up, just a heads up. We know this is a football podcast, but we're just letting you know what we're gonna be doing. And then also that Living and Loserville. Spricker, follow that. Sign up for that. That way it's basically like a notification. If you're signed up for it, you know when it updates because we'll be doing those classic shows. We'll be doing some mock drafts. Aaron will be doing some. We'll do some together. We'll do free agency. So we are going to add to the football shows on that here too, but that way you get every episode there. 
Um, but the wolf, I mean, we won't talk wolves. Let's talk gophers really quick, and then we'll shut this down. I mean, they had a good start to the season. I liked their schedule. A lot of it was home because of COVID, but I liked their schedule. They had some challenges. They had some easier games. They had even St. Louis, who's pretty damn good this year, probably going to win their league. Um, we started out playing damn good against Illinois, and then they just whooped on us, uh, speaking of us as the Gophers, of course. But then the back half, like the last two games, dude, of course we beat St. Louis in a good game, and the Iowa, who was fifth when we played them, who's got Garza and a bunch of other dudes. They're a good squad. Some people call them a Final Four squad. We out-offense them. And the last, we were down by seven with like 40 seconds left. Hit some threes. Carr hit some clutch threes. Carr, of course, just clutch uh, this year. Johnson out of nowhere hit eight of nine. And then we followed up, Aaron, with all defense against Michigan State. And we out-rebounded someone that out-rebounds and out-defenses every time we play him. Yeah, so this is my knock on wood that things just stay good with his squad because I feel great about it. I think... You know, Patino's finally comfortable here. Uh, his squad is kind of built depth. He's slow build here. And I'm not saying this is the grand culmination of a great builded program because it's it's not quite there yet. But you're starting to see depth come along. Players come through now. I know we got a lot of new players here, but he seemed to choose some good ones there, like Liam Robbins I like a lot. He's just getting better and better every game. So I just think overall state of the program is better than it's been. Uh, I think in the last few years, I mean, I still, you know, can't get that uh, thorn out of my foot about Marcus Carr and being able to play that year that he didn't get to play. That just drives me nuts. Ah, it would have just been so yeah. much better. And, uh, but I mean, now he's 30 and night. Well, not 30, but he's over 20 and night. And, and uh, he's really shown what he can do. And like I said, he went for the draft, decided to come back and uh, just playing out of his mind. Uh, the Brandon Johnson kid was lights out against uh, Iowa, uh, which was a tough game. I mean, Iowa's tough any year, whether they're good or bad. They're always tough on us. They play tough. Uh, the, the style of basketball they play is a little bit more old school than us, so it, it's toughness and, and old school basketball there. And I can't see if I'm more impressed with the Gophers or disappointed in Michigan State's performance. I really thought that was going to be a, a tough game to win, and I'm not sure if Michigan State showed up or – or what the deal was there? Like I asked Chris before we started this, like, did they have everyone? Was that a mirage? You know, did we beat them fair and square straight up? And and I'm still not 100% confident that we did straight up because I know they're going to get better as the season goes on. That's Michigan State. Izzo's not going to let uh, himself go out like that too often. But to win so convincingly against them was great to see and a little bit shocking. Now I'm trying to, you know, hold back a little bit my enthusiasm because we haven't faced one injury yet knock on wood we haven't dealt with any kind of issues on the squad yet but i just like the way it feels they seem to all be pulling for each other and uh hitting shots if gabe could get going and start hitting some shots man it's going to be tough because we got inside outside pick and roll mashburn's a pretty good backup point you got Carr, you know you got liam inside uh you got some wings like trey starting to come along a little bit it's just exciting, man. I'm really excited for this squad. Can't wait to talk about it for the rest of the season. And there you have it. Um, we will be back next week. Let's hope the Vikings lose. We don't say that much. And then we'll wrap it up with a couple of items that we, uh, we're we going to – it's kind of like part two of heading into 2002. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the games. Peace.